Welcome to the King's Advocate Podcast. My name is Caleb. My name is Ryan. My name is Isaac. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, quick few things before we get started with this episode. Number one, uh, you may have noticed Brandon's voice is not here. Uh, that's because he is busy moving at the moment. He's moving into an apartment, so uh, he was not able to be with us today to record. Uh, another thing is that I am not currently with Caleb and Ryan. Typically what we try to do is all be together at the same time and in the same place so that there's no uh, confusion, no delays, and no lagging and everything. But for the time being, I'm also pretty busy, so it's hard to uh, go down and be with those guys at the same time. So what we've done is we got another mic, and we've set up to where we're recording two different recordings, and I'll just edit them together at the end. Um, So if you notice something different about this episode, that's probably what it is. Uh, Also, it is a brand new year. It is a brand new season of the King's Advocate podcast, uh, which all four of us are very excited for. And there's just there's just a lot of stuff going on this year. Uh, for example, uh, Brandon and I are both getting married to two different women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is being is be- going to become a dad this year, which is incredibly great news. Uh, it's just insane how many great things are happening this year. My brother's getting married. Uh, it- it's just been a crazy year also uh the way of podcast goes uh brother cousins is back in february uh which i guess is when we're releasing this so we're back uh the brother cousins are back jordan's uh podcast 15 minutes and a big idea is on another book uh mended collective has launched which is another thing that you should go check out i mean who knows even like faithful life might come back who knows but anyways it's going to be a really good, really busy year for all of us, so I'm very thankful to be a part of it. And Isaac, speaking on this being a busy year, that does mean there probably will be some complications with the podcast as far as like how many showers and weddings and all kinds of stuff that's going to be going on. There, The schedule may kind of flip-flop a bit. So, No, yeah, I'm incredibly busy with all... I'm not as, I'm not as busy, as, busy as Ashlyn is right now, but... Uh, I'm kind of having a few things I have to do. Like next week, I got a shower I got to go to. I got to get the you know the marriage license and everything. So it's just going to be a busy few months. It's just like the beginning of the year. I got to take a shower next week too. I haven't had one. It's, it's been a while. We're we're all looking forward to the showers. <laughs> Let's just say I'm glad I'm not there right at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Working remotely because uh, Ryan's stinky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, to get into this episode, uh, without any further ado, first of all, disclaimer, like we always do, uh, man, it's it's hard to get right back into this stuff, but here we go. Uh, disclaimer, we are all young men. We, uh, we're not scholars, we're not experts, we're just trying to do our very best to discuss God's Word accurately and in a way that we can apply it to our lives and the rest of our listeners can apply it to their lives in order to promote discussion through the church. Uh, with that being said, the main focus of our study uh, today is going to be in Galatians 2.20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. And I'm going to read this verse. And typically, I use the New King James. But if you'll allow me, I'm going to use the King James Version on this verse in particular. Uh, I will allow you on this one occasion, Isaac. Just this one occasion? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the reason I'm doing that is because... Every other version I've read omits a phrase that is found in the original Greek language. 
or in the original Greek text. So that's why I use King James because it it's the only version I've found that actually uses this phrase. Uh, just a little tidbit of information there. Uh, but we'll go ahead and read Galatians 2.20. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And I'm sure a lot of people just sang that verse along with me. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> hey, what, what phrase are you talking about that's omitted? Uh, the phrase that is omitted in every other version I've read is, Nevertheless, I live. Which, hmm. I looked it up in the Septuagint, and that phrase does exist in that verse in the Septuagint in the Greek language. So I don't know why other versions would omit it, but I, it's the only one I found is King James that actually leaves it in there, which is I thought was interesting. Well, probably interesting. because that second phrase right after that, and that which I now live in the flesh, kind of it, maybe it seems redundant, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't think of any other reason they would do that. Uh, if it were up to me, I would have left it in there just because it's actually in there. But, you know, I'm not a translator, so I can't really judge them for that. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to do, do my best to read the whole thing. But anyway, so in this verse, uh, Paul is talking about how, in the in the actual like context of this verse, he's talking about how uh, we not, ought not to live by the law. Uh, instead, we live by faith. Uh, in, ver in verse 19, he says, I have through the law, I am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. So the Galatian church was faced with a lot of Judaizing teachings, uh, such as you must be circumcised in order to be a Christian, things like that. Uh, but there's another thing that we can take from this verse that uh, I've tried very much to apply to my life uh, here recently. And I think it's something that we can apply throughout the rest of our lives throughout the rest of this year. Uh, especially now that it's kind of kind of a new year. Uh, I mean, it's, we're about a month in now, but you know, no better time to start than now. And that is being crucified with Christ. So what he's saying when he says, I'm crucified with Christ, I was thinking about this a little while ago, and crucifixion was a death sentence. It was, I, I thought of this like poetic phrase. Uh, it might be po might not be poetic to you guys, but... To me, it kind of seemed poetic that mercy was never found in, on a cross until Christ was put on one. Hmm. And like that, that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But um, the, Did you come up with that? <laughs> I did. I was sitting in church right before I gave a lesson on this, and I thought of that. I was like, oh, that sounds really nice. Maybe I should say that. Uh, but uh, mercy was never found on a cross until Christ was put on one. And crucifixion was a death sentence. And what Paul is saying is that when I was baptized, I died. In fact, he says so in Romans 6 and verse 3. Uh, would one of you guys want to read that for us? Romans 6, 3. I gotcha. Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? So, like he's saying, when we were baptized, we died. And there's a part of that that is we died to our sins. We died to our flesh. You know, our sin no longer is a part of us. We're separated from that. But I think it goes deeper than just that surface level of my sins are gone. Uh, to me, it's, it's like our life is gone. You know, who I used to be is gone. And I think we can find that same thing in Romans 6 and verse 6. If, Ryan, you want to read that one. Sure. 
Uh, <clears throat> Romans 6 and verse 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Right. So our old man is gone, right? Paul's saying, I was crucified with Christ. Uh, I, I don't think he's just talking about the law, and I don't think he's just talking about uh, his sin, because we see in Paul's life a complete change in who he is and who he was and what his goal was. Uh, I, I believe that this verse goes deeper than all that and says that your life ended. You know, your, uh, your wants, your desires, your ambitions, they're gone. You know, they, they were put to death when you were baptized into Christ. You signed your life away to Christ. And, and Isaac, know, to add on to that point, uh, sorry to cut you off there. You know, it's really obvious in the story of Paul that he's heading one direction and then Jesus picks him up, does a 180 and sets him down the other direction and he goes the other way. It's exactly. very perfectly clear in that story how he does a full 180. But, you know, like you're saying, it the same thing happens in our life, even if it's not quite as clear that we've gone a completely di different direction. But before we joined his family, we were heading one way and then he picked us up and took us the other way right it, it's not just that we put our sin down because you can't just put your sin down you have to put your life down uh it's it's not just that your sin is gone and you go on about your merry way living the life is the same life you were living you know you have to completely change right uh at least that's what i see in this verse is that i died you know paul said it's not i who lives anymore uh, in fact, he said, it's not me, but it's Christ that lives in me. And I don't think this means that Christ literally took, uh, like... Uh, control. Control, or even, like, came and inhabited his body in any way. I don't think he's physically saying that Christ physically lives inside me. I think what he's saying is, my life is Christ's. You know, my life reflects the life of Christ. And... I think this is also found in Colossians 3. Uh, I guess I can read that since you all read the other two verses and Brandon's not here. Colossians 2, uh, or excuse me, Colossians 3, 2, and 3. I'm using a paper version. That's why you can hear that. <laughs> it says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So it's the same concept that we died. You know, our life is not ours anymore. It's who we are no longer exists or who we used to be no longer exists. Or at least that's the way it should be whenever we give our lives to Christ. Well, I think you're right, Isaac. I think in Matthew 16 and 24, Jesus has the same kind of thought. Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Right, yeah. I think he's he's teaching the same thing, that you have to deny your selfish desires, you have to deny who you used to be and pick up Christ and live his life. Yeah, and, and how many times, I, I think, I think uh, so many times when we, when, when we think about our lives, we we tend to have this idea of rather than 
how do I ensure that I am orienting my entire life around around God, around following Jesus and, and being a servant of Jesus, and you know, fit other things in where they where they can go, where they should go. How can I orient my life around what I want to orient it in around, but still find a way to fit in Jesus? When, you know, that's really that's the that's the that's not the approach that that God wanted us to have. God wanted us to orient our lives around Him, around His kingdom, around His people, and around His His glory. You know, that's 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 what we are to orient our lives around, and then the other stuff we put in where where we can. But so many times we find I find myself um, trying to find a way to orient my life around the things that I really want to do, I enjoy doing. You know, I, I find my myself trying to, to orient myself around that, and then find ways to fit God in into that. When really, it, it should be the opposite way. You know, mm-hmm. our lives our lives need to be focused on on on. On following after God, because you know that—that's what—that's what exactly like what you're talking about. That's what baptism means or should mean. You know, right. it means that we we die and our sin dies. You know, we 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 give up our personal wants and wishes and desires, and instead we make our lives about God. Right. And I think the life that we now live in the flesh. I I think. What he's talking about when he says Christ lives in me is is found like how to do that is found in First Peter two twenty one, uh, specifically. Um, if one of y'all want to read that one, you said First Peter two twenty one, right? For even hereunto we were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So. We've been given an example that Christ suffered for us. Christ lived his life in a way that was a complete, full sacrifice to other people. Not just in his death, but his entire life was a sacrifice. And in the same way, we ought to follow those footsteps. We ought to follow that example. And I think that's what Paul is saying when he says, uh, it's not I who lives anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. You know, my life doesn't matter anymore. What I want and what I want to do doesn't matter anymore. What matters is that Christ's life is shining through me, which I think is what he says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 when he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That My life is not mine. My life is an imitation, a living, breathing Bible of this is what Christ would have done. And that ought to be the life goal that we have or the thing that we think of whenever we do anything in this life is would Christ do this? Right. This and something I, that imitates Christ. And, and I think it's important that we kind of put into context, you know, what that looks like because, you know, living a life, living your life as Christ would have lived his life or as Christ wants us to live our lives does not mean that you are just in church 24-7 praying or singing praises to God because that's really not, the, I mean, Christ didn't intend that for our lives. We live our lives. You know, we, we go to work, we provide for our families, we spend time at home with our families, we spend time with our friends, we spend time, you know, we have leisure time. But all of that, all of that has to be within the scope of doing what I do, the, the, thing, the words that I say, 
the activities that I do, the kind of work that I put in at, at my job, the kind of relationship I have with my friends and with my wife and with my, my family, all of that is, I do, I do all the things that I do the way that I do because Christ lives in me. Right. Which, that- and, and I, I think that, you know, I, I used to listen to lessons like this and I feel like I would kind of have like a a weird um oh I don't know how to I don't know I don't even know how to describe it just like a sense of well you know that's a good lesson but it seems a little bit extreme because you know I'm not just going to live my entire life just you know, this was when I was younger not not in the church yet I'm not going to just live my entire life you know praying all the time or or reading my bible every single second that I have but but that's not necessarily what this means what this means is you live your life, yes. You are going to have the choice to live your life, and you do that. But you live your life in a way, and you make the decisions that you make because what you're doing glorifies God, and what you're doing brings other people to Christ. And what you're doing is if the, the exact same thing that Jesus would be doing uh, in, in the moment that, that you're living, you know? Right. And I, I feel like that makes it more real for me, makes it more applicable for me, because... You know, that, that's what it means. You know, we're not obviously going to be fulfilling the role of Jesus in our lives. We're not going to be all going out and preaching the same way that Jesus did because not all of us have that, uh, not all of us have that ability. Not all of us have that freedom. Not all of us have that, uh, that talent to, to do the things that he did. But we all do have our own talents and our own God-given abilities to, to glorify God in the way that we live our lives and to bring people to, to God in the way that we live our lives because we all have the ability to do that. Just it's in, you know, whatever arena our life is, uh, is, you know, whatever arena of, of life that we're, we're in, you know what I mean? Right. Does that make sense? Or did I just sound like I was ranting? <laughs> no, no, it, it makes sense. And Ryan, like you said earlier, pointing out that, um, it's really an easy mistake to center your life around yourself and fit Jesus in rather than centering your life around Jesus and fitting him in, or I mean, fitting uh, other things in. <laughs> um, to that same point, if you you know think about all that the New Testament says, it's, it's about love and it's about sacrificing yourself for others and serving others. And what did Jesus do with his life? He came here and everything that he did was for others. He taught others. He led by example for others. He died for others. And that was what his life was about. That is what his life on this earth was centered around, was giving to other people and sacrificing himself for other people. And if you look at your own life and look at your own day-to-day life and say, is my life centered around giving back to other people or is my life centered around me and I fit other people into it? Right. Um, I think that's also a good mindset to have. I think that we also make the judgmental error that we think because this verse exists, it's like an unattainable goal. Like, oh, I have to be exactly like Christ. I can never have downtime. I can never just do whatever I want to do. But I don't think that's what he's saying. I think, well, even Jesus took naps, right? Even Jesus tried to get away from people and like just have a moment by himself. And... I don't think that he did that because he was just, you know, done. I think he needed that time, but whenever it came down to it, he was willing to put that aside to help somebody else. 
And I think it even goes further than that. And so, like, I mean, what we do in our downtime needs to reflect Christ. Uh, like the things we watch or listen to um, or the people we hang out with, I think those things also need to reflect Christ in our lives. It's it's not just that when we're at church, we reflect, we reflect Christ, or when we're with Christians, we reflect Christ, but everything we do reflects Christ. Yeah, I like that explanation much better than the, than the explanation I gave earlier, <laughs> so. Uh, so I guess we can move on to the third, third point that I, I wanted to bring from this passage in Galatians. Uh, when he says, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Now, it, you might think that's just kind of a repeat of the second point. That it's not me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. But I want to take it a different direction, if you'll allow me. Nah, so the life... We, <laughs> we will. You will? Okay, good. Because I'm going to anyway. So, <laughs> the life that I live in the flesh, while I'm still here, while I still breathe, I live by faith in Christ. And I think this is not the only place that Paul ever said this. I believe he says this in other places, such as Philippians 1, uh, 21 through 24. And uh, I'm going to read that real quick. And again, I'm using King James. Philippians 1, 21 through 24 says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, and it's the same wording, if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So he's having this conflict where he, he, he thinks he's about to be put to death. And he's saying, you know, whatever happens to me, Christ will still be exemplified in my life. If I die, it'll be good for me. You know, I get to go home, I get to be with Christ, whatever you want to do, or however you want to take that. But if I continue to live, I will continue to live in a way that honors Christ in my life. I will continue to live in a way that's helpful for the churches. And I think that that ought to be the way we live. Is as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep fighting. As long as I'm here, I'm still an example of Christ. And I think it's really important to point out that in the last verse there, like you kind of touched on there, he says, you know, it's it would be beneficial for me to die. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Right. He's, he's keep keeping on fighting for other people. He's fighting for those churches. Not that Paul wanted to stay and suffer even more of all the things that he had suffered. He, would ready, he was ready to go. It would benefit him to go. But he stayed for other people. He was self-sacrificial and that he imitated Christ in that. And he taught that to others. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I agree. And which, again, is an example of Christ. <laughs> that Everything he did was a sacrifice for other people. As long as he lived, he was there for other people. I, I heard it explained this way uh, in a marriage study, not my marriage counseling, but in a marriage study. Uh, when Christ was here, from the day that he was born till he was 12 years old serving in the temple and teaching others, to the day that he died, he served you. That was his entire mindset, was to serve you and to serve every other human being. And when it was finished and when he died, he rose from the grave and he's still serving today. Like that was the life of Christ. That is still the life of Christ. And that ought to be what we exemplify in our lives. 
is not only the purity of Christ, but the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I have one more verse that I want to look at. is 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2. If one of y'all want to get that. Sure. For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with these same with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. So he's saying, uh, the life that we live now, it's no longer ours. Peter's basically saying the same thing that Paul did, that as long as we're here, we don't live for ourselves. We don't live for the flesh anymore. We live to the will of God. You know, our life is to be a living example, a living, breathing Bible of what God said. And how and much harder is it to do that in the situation that, that we're in? I feel like uh, we point this out a lot. I feel like particularly, Ryan, you make a lot of point about this, that especially in America, it is so easy because we have so much wealth and opportunity to do whatever it is that we want to do. It is so easy to um, do the opposite of what you just said. And instead of living our time here for other people, we live for us and put people second. And I, I don't know, it's just incredibly easy to lose sight of that with all of the things that we have around us and all the things that are trying to pull us in a million different ways other than to give ourselves for people. I can confidently say that the majority of my life has not been lived, of the minutes that I've spent on this earth has been lived for me rather than living those minutes for other people. Right. I, I, I'm right there with you, Caleb. I, I can't with any confidence say that I've given a majority or even, uh, even since I've become a Christian, I cannot say with all confidence that I've given a majority of my life to God and that I've become a living example of Christ. But that's why we need reminders like this. And especially in America, but really anywhere in the world, because, you know, I don't think Galatia was the powerhouse that America is today or even the uh, amazing country that America is today that allows us so many freedoms. But they needed to hear this message. And it's the same for us. We need to hear messages like this, that life isn't about you, Mm -hmm. you know, especially since becoming a Christian. It's not about you. It's about Christ and it's about everyone else around you. I uh, I heard a lesson by Mike Minson today that was really good. He was talking about Hebrews. He was doing a study of Hebrews, and he 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 broke down a verse that was talking about let us approach. You know, you know, I can't I can't remember the exact wording. I don't, I don't want to butcher the the verse, but he was saying you know the way that we approach the holy places of God, the, the way we approach you know like the way we can approach God is in fine uh is uh well one second let me find the verse because it's gonna make a whole lot more sense uh let's see Uh, i think it's in hebrews 10 oh boy do you know any of the wordage of the verse yeah i do okay yeah hebrews 10 19 he says having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of of jesus by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is says flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. It says, Let us draw near 
with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So he broke down that, that verse saying, you know, the way, you know, for us to be able to do that, for us to be able to approach the holy places of God, we have to draw near with a, uh, uh, what's he say? A true heart in full assurance of faith. And he said that true heart there means like an honest heart, which, you know, we need to acknowledge that in our lives, we are not God. You know, if, if we if we take a step t- take a step back and we look at ourselves, and we consider not only ourselves but we consider the whole universe, which which God created all, all of it. You know what what are we in the face of that? Mm-hmm. And you know, America likes America, the our society that we're in likes to tell us that we are, you know, we are mighty, we are all important, our lives are all about us. But you know. We are tiny in comparison to to everything around us. To, I mean, there are uh, how many people are on the earth? Like almost eight billion. Eight billion, seven billion, and all of them are are the exact same as us. They are all, you know, living, thinking human beings, and you know, they all. If, if we all had the mindset, you know, if we if if we all we all have we kind of all have this innate mindset of. You know, I'm number one in my life. I, I, I think that's probably Satan working in us. But those, pe- you know, the people sitting next to us at at, at our jobs, or or the people sitting next to us in church. If I mean, they are all living, breathing, thinking just as much as you, and right. you're not any better than them, and and the and they're not any better than you. We are all just tiny specks of dust under the hands of our mighty Creator, and. You know, we need to realize that. We need to realize we are not God. We are not the most important thing. The most important thing is God. The most important thing, you know, we wouldn't be here without him. I mean, how arrogant is it for the creation to think that it's more important than the creator? It's pretty pretty arrogant. And uh, it's hard for us to shake. Uh, And and that has a lot to do with Satan in, in our lives. It has a lot to do with us being human. You know, God... Or, or Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, and He instituted it for us, for it to be a remembrance to us, a reminder to us. Because, I mean, we, I mean, frankly, we would have forgotten without it. We, I mean, we need, we need that reminder. We need to to remember the things that, that Christ did for us because it's important. It, it's cha- it's life changing, and we also need to remember that we aren't God. We aren't the most important thing. On, on this earth, we're not the most important thing in the room. We are unimportant without God. Without <laughs> Jesus, without Jesus's blood, the only thing that we are worthy of is punishment. Right. And how often is it that you know He did set up that reminder for us? And when we go into church on Sunday morning and we have that reminder, it's really easy to think about that and think about how you need to be acting. But how easy is it to step out of the door and remember? I mean, uh, to forget what you just heard and, and start right. going reverting back to how you were the whole week. Yeah. Um, which is why I feel like the, what we're doing right now and having these sort of discussions and these studies helps you push through that week and remember th- what really is important, which is God. Right. It takes one day, one day at a time, kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it's it's a continual process of growth. I feel like I feel like the older you get, like if the longer you're in the church, the older you get, the probably the easier it is to remember to to just acknowledge how much how much God has given you and how much 
how little you would have, how truly, how truly pitiful your, our lives would be with without him and the blessings that he provides. You know. Yeah. Uh, at least I, I mean, hope it gets easier. I mean, that's something that I continually face every once in a while. It's not an everyday thing, but every once in a while, I just have to sit back and go, you know, I would have nothing without God. And I would be nothing without God. So what he's asked me to do should be the most important thing in my life. And what he's asked me to do is to imitate Christ. And to no longer live for myself, but live for others and live for God and live for Christ. So knowing those things helps me to do what he says. Right. But sometimes I just need a stark reminder. Yeah, I agree. So uh, as we close this episode, I, I hope this has been a good reminder for everybody um, that our life isn't ours anymore. You know, When we were baptized, we signed our life away. We signed a commitment that my life is not mine anymore. My life belongs to Christ, and my life is going to be a living, breathing example of Christ and what he would do in everything that I do. And, and I, I'll, I just want to say one last thing. Sorry, I know we're a little bit over on time. But um, I truly believe that the more we submit to God's will, especially like almost exclusively here in America, you know, like our brothers and sisters in like uh, Africa and, and, and Israel or, or well, not not so much Israel, but India, Belize. In, in in countries where, you know, they don't have the freedoms we do, their lives are probably not going to be easier necessarily, um, because by submitting to God's will because their their government like a lot some of their governments are actively trying to put down Christianity. But here in America I truly, truly believe with the the rich blessings that we have of freedom and and uh, and the laws that that are in place, the more we submit to God in in this life, the better this life will be. And I, I talked about this a, a whole lot at the Bible study on Friday and everything. And so I don't want to make a whole other study in the end of years. But I I truly believe, you know I'm not saying like prosperity gospel you'll become rich and famous, but I believe that our relationships are better, our outlook is better. Our moods are better. I think the more we submit, the more we can find a way to submit to God's will in our lives, the better our lives become. I truly, truly believe that. I agree. Yeah, I do too. And we'll probably expand on that in another study. But if if that's if that's everything uh, that you've got, Isaac. Yeah, that that's all I had. I'm thankful for you guys for uh, indulging me with this conversation. I, I hope it was edifying to everyone who's listening. Yeah, no doubt. Well, um, as we wrap up, this is Ryan. I'm Caleb. And I'm Isaac. Thank you so much for listening to the King's Advocate Podcast.